Greetings and welcome to Amazing Love, the webcast voice of Turning Point Community Church in Turner, Oregon. Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Eels. We welcome you to attend our Sunday morning services at 11 a.m. at Turner Elementary School Gym. And now, let's hear God's Word together in a recent message I gave at Turning Point. What's unique about the Word of God is, is this whole thing came across this this past week with Wayne Gruden's um, book on systematic theology is that it's truth, T-R-U-T-H. It's not that it's true, that it is true, but it's truth. Like that, that's the standard that everything is measured against is the truth, is the Word of God, and that's how we get to know what we get to do and how, what's going to direct us. And we thank the Lord that it's true, but more than that, we thank you that it's truth and that there's no other standard by it. And so you can spend some time looking up these different things and just kind of going through, hey, what, what does it mean here, here is the word of God, written word of God that, that God has given to us? In the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 13, uh, there's an incredible just kind of storyline that um, it's always... It's always intrigued me, the, this whole storyline. Here, here's a prophet that's coming in. The Lord gives him a word to say, hey, this is what's taking place. This is what's going to happen. And he gives him three things. This is what you're going to do. I want you to go into the city. You're going to proclaim this word, and you're not going to eat anything. You're not going to drink anything. And the way that you came into the city, you're not going out the same way. You're going to go out a different way. So, so if you came in on Delaney, you're not going to leave on Delaney. You're going to go out over here on Mill Creek. You're not going the same way that you came in. You're leaving a different direction. That's th- what the Lord told this prophet to do. And so it, it, it's incredible. And so and as we're going to see is this. And it baffles my mind is this. There's an older prophet that's here. He's living here. And, and what's taking place is this. He heard what happened is this that he went to talk to this young prophet and said, hey, um, you, you need us come back, have something to eat with me, have something to drink with me. And the, and, and the young prophet said, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to come back. And we see in the scripture, what well, we're going to read in a second, what, what he says, it's just, it's incredible. And so here, here's my question I want to lay before us today is this. Like, what is the Lord laying on your heart, asking you to do? And different ones say, I, I don't think the Lord's really asking me to do anything well there's some things we know God's asking you to do because it's been revealed in his word like like we we know this there's things in first Thessalonians that says this this is the Lord's will well when we read there it says this this is the Lord's will that you should be sanctified well it means I need to be set apart so we know that's God's will so we don't have to guess about that it says this you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual morality well that that's that, that makes sense. So this is the Lord's will that you should avoid sexual morality and you shouldn't live like the Gentiles do. So there are some things that the Lord's laying in front of us right there. Like, like this is what God's calling me to do to lay uh, before him my life. He wants me to set apart. And even on this whole thing, it's just, it's just incredible. So um, we see this, like number one, theology is important. Like, like we, we know this, it's important, it's, it's critical, it's the study of God. And uh, last week I mentioned when I was on the phone with Julius, who's in Kurdistan, he talked about the pastors there, that they don't have any biblical training. Like when different ones wanted to be baptized, some different ones couldn't be baptized because they weren't paying their tithes. Like where is that in the scripture? That's, that's not biblical. It's like theology, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like you can't pay for different things. Like salvation's a free gift. Like you trusting in the work of Jesus Christ, that's a free gift. And so she said, oh, you've got to do this, be able to do this to identify as your father of Christ. No, that's, that's unbiblical. So it's important to have the right theology, the right study of God. 
we have to have that. Theology underneath here is the study of God and all his works. And, and so here's this whole thing with decisions. And number two is this something or someone is guiding, controlling, directing what you do and don't do. Because there's going to be different things that are going to come against the decisions that you made. First Thessalonians, I think it's, I think it's four, three, where we just went through. This is the Lord's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual morality, that you shouldn't live like the Gentiles. So there's decisions that the Lord's calling us to do. And there's always going to be, here's this word, temptation. You're going to be tempted. Is temptation a sin? No. No, it's, it's an opportunity to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This, what it does, it reveals a decision you're going to make. Am I going to trust the word? Am I going to trust the Lord? Or am I going to trust myself, my flesh? Am I going to do that? So what was unique this week? I'm, I'm going through, I'm finishing, sending off some emails, doing some study. And, and on the side of my um, browser for my account, there's a little saying, like we all see these sayings all the time, life is short. Is that right? We see the saying all the time, like, like life is short, eat dessert first. You know, all these different things. Can, we could say whatever, all these different things. But this is the thing that just in, enraged me. This is what it said on the thing. It said, life is short. Life is too short to not have an affair. I said, what? Like I had to take a picture of it. Like, you got to be kidding me. You, you, you have to be kidding me. Like, this is the different things on there. Went home and said, this is crazy. I said, Trina, this is just bizarre. So here, here's decisions. Everyone has to make sexual immorality. What, how, does, what does God, how is God lining and, and calling us to live our lives? So, so we think about this. So we, we go, in, even in Genesis, we think about this incredible situation that took place with, with jo- Joseph in Potiphar's house. So you can't remember the story. Here's Joseph. He's second in command, and Potiphar has given him, trusted everything to him. Hey, whatever you say goes, and here his Potiphar's wife is said in the scriptures, day after day, come to bed with me. Come to bed with me. And one day she has everyone else leave. And here is Joseph. And here is Potiphar's wife. And he leaves while she grabbed the hold of his cloak. And he left the place. And this is what the scripture says is, How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Sin against God. All sin that we commit is against God. It's ultimately against God, but it's also with other ones. So here's this whole thing, like just these different disturbance. Like what, what is God calling me to do? There's decisions that we make every single day. That's what we have, decisions that are before us every single day. And something or someone is guiding, controlling, directing what you do and what you don't do. And we have to have that in front of us. Because we, we don't just kind of float through life like life's not a big deal. It's not just doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I don't do. Hey, hey, this is the thing we see even like like we're, we are here. We're followers of Christ. It says, it says in the passage there, it says, let your light shine before men that they may praise your Father in heaven. Let, let your light shine before men that they may see, you, see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So in First Kings, First, First Kings chapter 13, if we, if we look at uh, chapter um, 
chapter 12, which we can for a moment, what's taking place here is uh, um, the king, kingdoms gets to be divided. And, and we, we see this whole thing with Solomon's son, uh, King Rehoboam, and they're going to Rehoboam and asking him to do this, and, and hey, hey, this is some wise counsel. Give me some counsel how I should lead. And they say, hey, you, what, what my father did, you know, it, it's going to be that much more harsh on you. So the kingdom's divided. The kingdom's divided. And so here it is in, in chapter 13, because in chapter 12, Jeroboam has some golden calves that he, sell, he built in the hill country of Ephraim. And so if you want to, if you have your Bibles, read with me in 1 Kings chapter 13. It says this, And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings, and the man cried against the altar. Here's the man of God cried against the altar. He says, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born in the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who make offerings to you, and human bones shall be burned on you. This was a prophecy that was fulfilled 300 years later. This is the word that was given to this prophet. So here comes Josiah 300 years later, and this takes place. And he gave, the sign, and he gave a sign the same day. This is a sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the man of God, he cried against the altar at Bethel. Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him. And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up so he could not draw it back to himself. So his hand just withered up. The altar was also torn down. The ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign that the man of God had given to the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Entreat now a favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. And the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it was before. And the king said to the man of God, Come home with me. Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half of your house, I will not go in with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For it was, for so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return the way that you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way that he came into Bethel. So it's, it's going well. It's going well. So he's on his way out of town. He did what the Lord asked him to do. Now, verse 11, an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he spoken to the king, and their father said, then their father said um, to them, which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone, and he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and mounted it, and he went after the man of God and found him sitting underneath the oak tree. And he said to him, so he found the young man, and he said to them, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go with you, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way that you came. So he has it down. He understands this is what I was called to do. This is what the Lord laid on my heart. I know this is what God's calling me to do. Verse 18. And he said to him in return, I also am a prophet as you are. And the angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. If you guys have your Bibles open, you see these next words. But he lied to him. This, this old prophet 
was lying to this young prophet these words. So verse 19. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Man. So there's a couple things that I'm just going to push pause for a second and just kind of talk about. So this whole whole thing is like, Lord has laid something on your heart to do. And you know you're supposed to do it. There's somebody else comes along. So so different ones ask me different nights. Because this happened. This has happened. This happens at different times to myself. And different ones say, hey, 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 Brad or Pastor Brad, I got a word of the Lord for you. That's always intriguing to me. Because, okay, I, I, I... I, I say, hey, I, I will listen. I will listen to you. But I just what I say on the front is this. I will listen to you. I'm going to ask God to give me discernment if this is what he would have me to do because of this. We have the Heavenly Father, God our Heavenly Father, directing us what to do. Can God speak to others, brothers and sisters? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. But I have to discern what's going on because maybe, maybe there's something like, like sin in my heart that I'm missing something and so God's going to send someone like Nathan in my life and say, hey, this is what you need to do but I'm going to, hey, Lord, what is it that you're going to ask for me to do? Here, here's this man of God, this young man of God who by everything we see in the scriptures, he's, he's following the Lord. So, so the Lord should be speaking to him directly because we don't have a priest before us that tells us what to do. Is that right? We, we have the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit who is our comfort telling us and showing us what we need to do and how to do it. And so here, here's this man who says, hey, an angel spoke to me and told me you're supposed to come back and eat with me. And here's this tension. Well, the Lord told me I'm not supposed to do this, but what does he do? He goes back. He goes back. So there's something in your life that you have some kind of tension with that you maybe you think, hey, I'm supposed to be doing this, but this is what someone else is telling me I should do. And so my, 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 this is my appeal to you is like, would you discern, would you ask God to make it clear to you? Maybe what someone's saying to you is right, but I want you to do this. I, want, I don't want you so much trust what the other person is saying. I want you to trust what the Lord's telling you and how he's directing you what to do. Is it lining up with the scriptures? Is it lining up with the word of God? So here, here, here it says this. And as he sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet. So here he is at the table. He's eating. And they sat at the table. The word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. He, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord, and not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in this place, which, I, which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. After that, after, and after he had eaten the bread and drunk, he saddled his donkey for the prophet whom the Lord brought him back. And he went away and a lion met him. Wow. On the road and killed him. And his body was thrown to the road and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. Wow. So they're coming by. Here is the man, young man of God's killed, the donkey's next to the body, and so is the lion. And behold, the men passed by and saw the body thrown on the road, and the lion standing by the body, and he came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said to it, It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion which he has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. 
And he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found the body thrown on the road and the, body, and, the, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body nor torn the donkey. And the prophet took upon the, the body of the man of God and laid it in the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid his body in his own grave and they mourned over him saying, Alas, my brother. After he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones for the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar of Bethel and against all the house of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. And we see what happens next that Jeroboam, the king, did not turn from his evil ways but continued on. But so here's this kind of thing that we're laying before us. Um, some of the things underneath number two is this, doing what you feel like or what others do is not the standard. It has to be the word of the Lord. So um, my, my, this is kind of, I don't know if the right word is, is fear, but this is my concern, is that here we are. 2018, we kind of do this. We can kind of do whatever we kind of want to do. We, we do certain things, but we got to have this. We got to have before us this regard for the Lord, asking him what he was, would desire for us to do. So it's not like, like this whole thing as Brian preached last month. It's, like, it's not leaning on our own understanding. It's, it's acknowledging, God, I need you to direct me. I need you to do what you're calling me to do in my life because I don't want to miss out on what you're asking me to do. I don't want other things to direct me, especially comfort. And so here's this doing what you feel like or what others do is not the standard. So, hey, wh- why are you doing this? Well, so-and-so's doing this. It, it, it doesn't matter. Is this what the Lord's asking you to do? And so through your actions, number three, reveal what you believe and where you place your confidence. Through your actions, reveal what you believe. So by what I do, this is what I believe. The, the young man of God, incredible. He believed the word of the Lord, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into this city. This is what the Lord asked me to do. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to say what the Lord laid on my heart against this altar. Josiah is going to come. Hey, this is what's going to take place. This altar is going to get torn down. And I'm not going to take any money. I'm, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm not going to drink anything. I'm going to leave a different direction. This is what the Lord asked me to do. He knew it so well even when the older prophet came in. But here's the older prophet say, hey, thus says the Lord. This is what an angel spoke to me too. What do you do when you're combated with something saying, hey, this is what's going on? And this is, this is our desire at Turning Point Community Church is that you are just so tuned in what the Lord would ask you to do. That you're not going to be persuaded by somebody else. Because this is what the Lord's asking you to do. You've got to take counsel. I'm not saying just because someone says, hey, hey, this is what's going on. But this is the thing. You have to make sure it lines up with the scriptures. Like, like this is what the truth, what the God's word's asking and calling you to do. And so life is a battle between believing the truth or swallowing lies. Believing the truth or swallowing lies. We, we saw how that took place here in the garden. In Genesis, where the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made, he said to the woman, did God actually say, did God actually say, so maybe you're in a situation with a relationship. And you say, I don't know if I should be doing this. Well, did God actually say? This is what the word of the Lord has to say. Did he really mean this? Hey, we live in 2018. That, like, that, that was written thousands of years ago. Like, does it really, does it really pertain today? And it does. I think that's one, one, thing, one of the incredible things about who God is. He doesn't change. 
like, like, like he's the same God to us as he was to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to, to even before, to Joseph. Like, like he's the same. He, he doesn't shift. His, his, he's like the shadows. He doesn't change on us. Like he's truth. And what he's calling us to do is to pursue after him. It's for us to trust him more fully. And where is it at in the decisions that you're making right now in your life? Because your decisions, what you decide to do, reveals what you're trusting. Are you trusting yourself once again? Are you, you trusting your resources instead of the Lord? Like, like you know, I, I should do it this way, but you know what? The Lord's asked me to do this, and so I need to be honest here. I need to go after it. This is what I need to do. And so I, I, I tell myself often, mainly because this, I, I'm human just like you. Like, I mean, pfft. Lord has given me opportunity to preach his word. I thank him for that. And, but this is the thing. It's like we all fall short. I shared this story before, and I even shared it with somebody this week when we're meeting together. And it just reminds me, like, like I can get deceived just as fast as anybody else. Or, or I can be just as afraid to make the right decision because, hey, what are they going to think about me? We're all in the same boat. But this is what we want to do. We want to honor the Lord. So back some years ago when I started substitute teaching, I was a, I'm a restricted substitute, so I get a limit of 60 days. Does the 60 days mean that school year or when I started at the end of the year or that? However it was, I started, I subbed over 60 days. And it was at the same time, I was asked to go to Sierra Leone. I said, man, it'd be great to go to Sierra Leone, but I have to do this for my first time, but I, I got to be able to uh, you know, help, help just to be able to do that financially. So this is the thing. Um, I'm already at 60 days, so I'm going to go to the superintendent and first say, hey, is there any way that I can sub more than 60 days? And the secretary said, no, there's, there's no way. Well, what's unique about that is this. I, I talked to a pastor friend who was subbing. He did this years before me, and it was a restricted substitute. I said, hey, did you, how many days did you sub? I said, oh, he goes, I don't know. It was, was, it, was it over 60? Oh, yeah. What did you do about that? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, I'm, I'm convicted about this because back up a little bit, I was with Pastor Brian at a place, and this was a question they asked. If there was something was found out about you that no one else knew, that you don't think no one knew about, if there was something you wouldn't want anybody else to find out about it, what would you want it to be? And for me, it was to find out that I'm deceiving, that I'm, I'm living, I'm not living as I should because I'm subbing more than I should. Like, I got to make this right. Like, I, I, that was for me at that point in my life was like, I wouldn't want anyone else to know about that for the school board. Just, I don't want to do anything that would discredit myself or dishonor God. And so I have to go make this right. So here's a, another quote unquote, he is a pastor friend, but he's saying, hey, don't worry about it. Hey, I got to worry about it because the Lord's laying on my heart. I got to worry about it. I, I can't just push it aside because I'm not going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And, he's, and the Lord's going to say, hey, Brad, why did you sub more days? Well, he over here, this guy over there, he told me don't worry about it. No, I'm going to worry about it. So no, you, you, there's, not, there's 60 days. So I needed you know, to the secretary, and I said, I need to talk to you and the superintendent. So the superintendent came to I said, hey, i got to confess to you. I sub more days than I'm supposed to. I'm sorry. For me, that was wrong. And I know it was wrong, and I just want to apologize to you guys for that. It wasn't the right thing. And for them to say, hey, no, no. They said, no worries. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, the secretary said, hey, I think I remember seeing an email a couple months ago saying there's no limit anymore on sub days. I said, Wow. Why didn't you send me that like two weeks ago? I had to come in and talk to you guys. I didn't say that, but my mind goes there. 
And so she, day later, she finds out, hey, Brad, there's no limit on how many days. So quote, unquote, I wasn't sinning, but really I was. Because I was doing what's wrong, and I had to make it right. And there's decisions that we all have to make. What is it? What are you doing right now that you have to make right? There's a decision. And you know what? You can find somebody that's going to say, hey, it's no big deal. You can Google it. You can, oh, so-and-so over here says it's really not a big deal. But I want to say this. If it's not lining up with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit speaking to you about it, you need to make it right. You will never regret doing this, being sanctified, being set apart by the Lord. Because that's what he's calling us to do. And so here's this decision that we're making, decisions that we're making. And this is the thing. Life is a battle between believing the lies and swallowing the truth. Number four this morning, what are you hearing being asked to do today? And it may be an incredible thing. It may be this really God-honoring thing, but, but there's a little bit f- fear there. Or maybe there's just the unknown, but what, what is it that God's asking you to do today? Or maybe this other case, maybe... W- Temptation's asking you to do something that's just as honoring as it could be. Maybe temptation doing the complete opposite, saying, hey, what is this that he, what you're being called to do or being asked to do? No, no different with that crazy ad. Life is too short to not have an affair. How, how ridiculous is that? Can, can, we just, can we just agree that that's from the pit of hell? has nothing to do with God honoring at all. That will not lead to a sanctified life. That will lead to a life of regret and pain. And we just have to proclaim that and say, that's where it's at. And so for us to get to the place, what are you hearing being asked to today? My question to you, is it lining up with the scriptures? On the back side of here, numerous, so numerous we don't have time to go through. The, there's different things. This is a tool that you can use just to discern, hey, this is what God asking you to do. There's one part in here saying, hey, hey, feelings. Your feelings are subjective. They can change. Don't trust your feelings. Sometimes you go with your gut. But hey, that's great. But, but make sure your gut's lined up with the scriptures. Make sure it's lining up and honoring the Lord. So here's this tool right here, and here's this. Some things to say, is it from God? Does it line up with scripture? And this other thing is this. You need God and his truth to speak to the spirit of defeat that is doing all it can to take up residency within you. This is the whole thing. is like there's things that have happened to us. There's, there's shortcomings because of our sin or maybe sins of others. There's different things that are going to try to take up residency within us, spirit of defeat that's not from the Lord. But for us to say this, hey, the battle belongs to the Lord. My life belongs to him. I'm going to trust the Lord with the decisions that I'm going to make. And so here it is, as we go through this series on decisions, would you trust the Lord? Would you trust the Lord? And when someone else comes along the scene and says, hey, maybe you should consider this. Hey, would you discernly pray about it? Maybe this is, maybe it's not, but would you do this? Would you trust the Lord? Would you honor him with your life? And you will never regret that. Amazing love. Thanks for listening to Amazing Love, the webcast voice of Turning Point Community Church in Turner, Oregon. I'm Pastor Brad Eels, encouraging you to join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. For more info, look us up on Facebook under our church name, Turning Point Community Church. Until our next time together, God be with you.